go for the gold. Welcome to the new What's With The Neighbors live studio. Coming to you from my basement. I am good. Are you good, Bree? I think I'm good. As long as it's showing that it's good. <laughs> so if this episode doesn't come out, it's because my basement doesn't like it. Also, uh, we you wouldn't know if it came out. We had so. to redo like everything. Uh, times times are rough. But you know what's rougher? Times are changing. Dogs? Yes. <laughs> Were you going to say that? <laughs> yeah yeah that's what's up um and we already in our, that's brie oh and that is amy is that a cooler next to you yeah that's weird i was like there's a cup holder on it I'll oh put nice. it beside one of us nice sorry i love it i gave myself the um the cooler it's okay i can't find my cup did you bring it no oh your big one? Yeah. How did you lose it's that? The thing is massive. I know. Hopefully you didn't pack it. It's it just packs packed. a full thing of water. <laughs> like, Why is everything wet? What's going Amy. on? <laughs> um, I could see you do that with all of the craziness that's been going on at your house. One time I accidentally, Rick and Alice, they were going down to California to visit and uh, Rick was looking for his, uh, he had charged his earbuds and i put them like conveniently next to his stuff like after they were done charging so he's like ready to go right at 11 o'clock and he's like where are my earbuds and i was like i put them right there like right there he was so, like so we're searching and he's like why did you touch and i was like i'm trying to help you know like all of everything you know and you're like trying to get to the airport so yeah, everyone's everything's stressed. already stressed already yeah and turns out because i went through the trash I threw them away. Oh, no. How did I throw them away? I've thrown away one of Josh's paychecks before. Yeah, I've done something like that before. <laughs> Oops. He still doesn't Oops. let me live it down. You're fine. Oh, I'm sure. Okay, so I have a question for you before we start. Also, who's going first this week? I forgot. I would like to go first since mine's a two-parter, and I kind of, I was the last one to go, and I want to continue. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So I have a question for you. It's a short and sweet one. All right. Oh, Better gosh. have an answer for this one. Ugh. Okay. I Maybe I should have prepped you before, though. Is a hot dog a sandwich? No. What is it then? I don't know. But now you got me thinking. It's not a sub. It's just a hot dog. But it's like in between in bread, two pieces but of bread. Like a burger isn't a sandwich. So is a burger a sandwich? No, it's a burger. Okay. It's like you got you got sandwiches. Yeah. You got burgers and you got hot dogs. Just those three categories. In the That's entire it. world. Would you like a burger sandwich or hot dog? That's what, but what about hot a dog buns, hamburger buns, and sandwich bread? Or but, they don't really call it sandwich bread. They just yeah, call it bread. Who's calling it sandwich bread? I have questions. <laughs> but, like, if you go to the store and you're like, hey, can you go get me some bread? Like, I mean, you kind of have to, like, be specific of what kind of bread. That's true. Like, do you want, like, bread, like, as in, like, a loaf of bread? Or do you want, like, you know, like... I don't think they sell them individually. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they sell, like, the bowl, the bowls... Oh man, those I could eat a whole Hawaiian oh, bread yeah. loaf bowl. I know, me too. Those are so good. Oh yeah. Oh, I should have made that. I'm gonna make you that. Oh, okay. It's called bread bowl dip. 
it's delicious. Yeah, you put it inside a piece of sourdough. Yeah, no, it will. We use uh, Hawaiian bread, and you just oh. pick it all out, and then you pour like like this mayonnaise mixture with like like I don't know sour that? cream. No, it's got the sour cream, mayonnaise, Lowry's, and dill seasoning. I believe I believe that's the only four ingredients. I might be missing one. I got to talk to my my stepmom. I feel like there needs to be something else in there. It is so good because it like pairs perfectly with like the sweet bread and it's like this like sour mixture. Oh, it's so good. Is it good? It is. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, what what do you think? What I is think your it's a hot dog. You think I it's, think a hot it's dog? just a hot yeah, dog. Yeah, it's not a yeah. sandwich. No. It just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. There's just, you don't. I mean, but on the other hand, like hot dogs are really similar to bologna. So. I don't, I don't know. That's well, a good that's question. if you get like the mixed meat. Hot yeah, dogs, the yeah. cheap stuff, the good stuff, <laughs> the <laughs> right. stuff that's the worst for you, <laughs> the stuff that has everything questionable in it. Exactly, <laughs> the leftover bits of all the rest of the meat. <laughs> eh, what do we do with this? Mm, just, just throw it in the hot dog bowl. Just put it in the hot dog it'll bowl. It'll get smashed. It'll, it'll look someone will the eat same. it. <laughs> it's just like poop. It all comes out the same. What if they called it hot dog? Okay, hold on. What if they called it hot dogs because it was actually like originally meant for dogs they're like let's give this to the dogs like the extra meat and then they're like it because it's like meat or whatever quote unquote and so like they're like well like hot for the dogs and they they called it hot dogs don't look it up i don't want to know right i like that theory and i'm gonna stick with it all right i want to also don't want to look it up after you leave but i don't want that theory because i don't want to think that we're eating like something that was originally meant for dogs the humans are like "Hmm, this is pretty tasty this is for us now natalie eats dog food that's true she loves dog food alice used to also (laughs) same (laughs) (laughs) all right i have a, a neighborhood story for you go for the gold all right this is from reddit asking or asked my neighbor to try and keep her dogs from barking at night while we were sleeping. A few nights later, she was out there barking herself, encouraging the dogs to make noise. You are really, really, really just tired, aren't you? Did You're I share this last week? week? Yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. We're going to continue with it. <laughs> Guys, Amy's going through a lot of stuff right now. <laughs> She was up this morning before I was. That's true. <laughs> That's saying a lot. Her kid came and knocked on my door at like 1030 and I'm like, whoa, I don't have pants or a bra on. <laughs> I told also, but I told her, I was like, just put him on the porch. You don't need to stop by and say hi. Oh no. She, she knocked on my door and I was like, who the hell's at my door? And I looked at my camera and I'm like, oh, it's Alice. I cannot her puppy, believe. She was going to come in with the dog too. And oh. I was like, dude, you cannot come inside with your dog. That's why I my said, dogs will go nuts. First off, I didn't know she took the dog, <laughs> but I was like, just put it on the porch. You don't need to stop by and say, I promise say you, hi. She, we were all up. We I just cannot not believe yet. I shared this last week. <laughs> you so did. When I looked at you, looked up, I was like, gosh, dang it. I did something wrong. <laughs> Well, there you guys go. There you guys go. go. There's, there you guys week. go. Just in case. This is actually just a test to make sure you guys are listening. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> we're blah, 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 blah. we're taking that all back. Wasn't that funny? That was a funny Reddit so post. Funny. Uh, uh, uh. Oh, my God. That was such a good. That was such a good. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> okay. Go ahead and share your story. Mine's kind of long, by okay. the way. All right. So, as you guys know, we did the first part of Skinwalker Ranch last week. Um, we left off with the Shermans getting terrorized, and he sacrificed his three dogs. That's what's up. Um, 
he did not sacrifice them. He just told him to go get whatever was out there, and <laughs> they never. Came he out. just never went to look for them until Which the like next morning. Absolutely cruel. <laughs> so sad. All right. So after enduring all these paranormal. Uh, festivities or whatever you want to call them for two right. years and losing thousands of dollars worth of like cattle. Oh they finally, like the Shermans finally went public. But, like no one was like, I they weren't telling they anyone. Say it before then. I, I know. But, okay. Whatever. But they said they went seriously. I guess they, maybe they may, they might've told like the local cops or something like that, but like they went like legit public and told like the papers and yeah. the news okay. and stuff. Um, so, yeah, their story did appear on the news. Several articles were put out in magazines. Even a book was put out about it. Um, the family ended up selling the property to the founder of the National Institute for Discovery Science, or NIDS, in IDS. Okay. Um, it was a guy, he was also a millionaire and a big believer in UFOlogy. Okay. And his name's Robert Bigelow. For, and it was sold for two hundred thousand dollars. Whoa! Um, contingent on a non-disclosure agreement with the Shermans, who agreed to not talk about any more events that had happened on the ranch. So they were not allowed to talk about anything else that they had, unless other than what they'd already discussed. Okay. So Bigelow turned the ranch into this giant, like UFO investigation base. They were equipped with high-tech sensing equipment and had, like, PhD-level investigators, scientists, and security was, like, super tight, could not get on there. Place was guarded for 24-7. Um, the entire place? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and people, cannot, people can't get on there. Whoa. Um, not long, NIDS was disbanded, and Bigelow... Bigelow Aerospace Advanced Space Studies, or BAS, B-A-A-S. I like that more. Took over. Okay. Uh, and this group was a lot more, a lot more secretive and ended up getting lots of government sponsors. So, like, the government was now getting involved. Okay. In 2007, Advanced Aviation Threat Identification Program, or ATIP, sponsored the ranch and was funded by the U.S. Defense Department. Okay. $22 million was spent on this program and stuff was so locked down that it was not this, all this stuff was not made public until 2017. What? And it was sold in, what did I say? 2000. Oh, 1996. Yeah, I believe 1996. So it, it like all this stuff was going on for years and no one knew that like this base was like being like, over like yeah investigated yeah. and stuff um there are, are still parts of the whole study that remain classified as of today and the department of defense hasn't even officially acknowledged the program's existence so by 2016 the ranch was sold for 4.5 million dollars what and the team was disbanded and the road to the ranch was made completely private with gates blocking the entrance with no access to the property as of today with about a million warning signs. Wow. Um, in 2016, the ranch was sold to a Brandon Fugel, who in 2019 began investigating and experimenting on the ranch with a series of scientists and experts to begin filming the History Channel's Secret of Skin, The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch, which first aired in 2020. 
Whoa. And is ongoing, continuing. They're on season four right now. Oh, with different seasons? Yeah. Yeah. I have, and I haven't even watched, I've only seen the first season. What? Um, it on go, it goes into, I think it goes into like a spinoff series called Beyond Skinwalker Ranch. Okay. So on the show, the crew works together to heavily observe Skinwalker Ranch. I think like the first year, that's all they did was just like observe the ranch and like have surveillance and whatnot. Right. And they also measure changes in radiation, temperature, magnetic fields. They collect samples from like soil to like animal mutilations because that's still going on. Um, they dig and more. Anything what? they can do. Um I won't go too into detail because, like, you can watch this yourselves. I'm so sorry, and I don't know how a how much you're able to access it, but how many acres is it again? 500, I think. Okay. I think it's 500. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, but it's also, like, border bordered on, like, reservations, too, like, Indian reservations as well. So, like, people don't access it unless, like... I see. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think you have to get, like, you have to get very special permission. That would make sense. Um, but yeah, I won't, I won't go too into detail cause you guys can watch it. Um, I oh, would oh, go into detail about the yeah, documentary. I would basically be like relaying out everything that happens in the show. Um, but basically they're going on the show to try and debunk all of the occurrences that have happened on the ranch and kind of fail to, cause like they can't explain they a lot can... of things that are happening. Um, there are lots of, uh, or some of the crew have suffered from feelings of uneasiness uh, seen figures, heard voices, had technology malfunctions, and even even suffered from illnesses what? and severe injuries that were randomly brought on and are unexplained by doctors. So on that note, uh, one of the guys, one of the crew members, one of the first things that they wanted to do, they brought this scientist on from like Alabama, and he's like this huge like NASA scientist. He was, he's cool. He's uh-huh. a cool guy. Uh-huh. And he's like, so let's dig on here because every everyone says that bad stuff happens when you dig. And also remember that was what? Is your husband watching Star Wars? Yes, he is watching Star Wars. Can you hear it? Is yeah. it do you think it's too loud? No, no. it's the <laughs> <laughs> He's probably watching Clone uh Clone Wars. It's the, the <laughs> lightsabers. Yeah, he's probably it's watching Clone all Wars. All I can hear. <laughs> Uh, sorry he said he wanted to watch star wars when we got home i was like all right go for it (laughs) you do that buddy um so yeah one of the big things that the first things that the guy wanted to do was whenever they got on the property he's like let's dig and see what happens and they're Uh like no let's not because bad things happen when when people do that he's like like insisting that they do that and so one of the crew members comes forward and he's like so let me tell you about the experience i had when i decided to dig on here and everybody told me not to right so the guy said that he decided to dig and he had to stop because he was like experiencing like a bunch of pain and had to go to the hospital right he had had this huge goose egg just up here on his head hadn't hit his head didn't fall or anything like that and it it was so bad that it like messed like it still he still had trauma from it like today and you can see it through the x-rays you can see it swelling in his head and on the outside of his skull as well oh my god and the doctors had no idea what could have brought it on um so they decided not to dig it first (laughs) yeah because of that that makes sense so that's all i'm going to tell you on the that show okay okay all right i have a i'm going to call them 
a fun fact, but I'm going to start calling them frightening facts because I was like, that's way more fun. So I have a frightening fact for you. A frightening fact. A little, a little known rock band, aka Blink One Eighty Two, is a associated one. with the ranch. What? How? Well, the co-founder to the the band. I'm very Tom confused. De, La- De Lounge Lounge Long. Uh-huh. Um, he evidently was fascinated with UFOs, and in 2017, he established um, to the stars. Academy of Arts and Sciences, a hybrid entertainment and UFO research entity, and he employs lots of the past employees from the who worked on the ranch as like scientists and stuff, but for like the NIDS organization uh-huh. and stuff. He doesn't actually work on Skinwalker Ranch, but I saw Blink One Eighty Two, and it was a fun fact about I love the that. ranch. So yeah. I was like, eh, I'll throw it That's in there. That's a good one. So. Obviously, Skinwalker Ranch is paranormal. There's uh-huh. something going on there. So guess who wants a piece of the action? Uh, oh, my gosh. What's Zach Bagabites? <laughs> Thank you. And that's why we drink. You have forever <laughs> put that in our heads. Yes. Zach Bagans. Yes. Yes. Zach Flippin' Bagans wants a piece of the action. So him and his crew ended up getting very, very special permission from the Navajo Rev. Navajo, I said it right, uh-huh. Navajo Reservation, to go to Skinwalker Ridge or Canyon, where uh-huh. all the crazy shit happens. What? And uh, I guess it's believed by Navajo that a witch conjures a skinwalker in that cave, and it's called, they call it Witchcraft Cave. Ew, I don't like it. I know. <laughs> so, when they first get taken out there, so, like, they get, like, taken out there by one of the tribe members. Yeah. First of all, the tribe member is, he's armed. Sure. Because he's like, I don't know what we're going to see out here. Right. And if we see a skinwalker, like, we're not going to be able to, like, outrun it. And right. Zach's got, like, a machete. He's <laughs> like, well, I've got a machete, but I don't know how much this is going to help me. A machete. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So they go out there just to kind of get a little tour of the area while it's daytime. And immediately when they arrive, their equipment starts malfunctioning and they see some fresh shoe tracks going inside the cave and then they just stop. Nope. Yeah. And it's this, this is out in the middle of nowhere. This isn't like it's right off the highway. Yeah. I don't like it. Also, before they actually start their, their actual investigation, they had to do like, or they did like a special ceremony. Um, and it was to like help protect them on their journey uh-huh. and they were unknowingly given hallucinogen hallucinogenic herbs brie <laughs> so funny so they got a little high Ow. <laughs> they had no idea <laughs> they're were, they were like this is called the ghost uh oh what is it called the, the ghost? ghostbuster or something like the that ghostbuster? and zach was like oh yeah that's right up our alley and he just he just figured it was some kind of like cleansing thing oh and they Lord. all took it and like they're all like whoa we feel really weird <laughs> and they <laughs> they start like slow mowing down the audio and stuff and it sounds oh, hilarious because they're all going ow <laughs> Oh my lord. <laughs> um, That's fun. Yeah, they had a they had a grand old time, I'm sure. So when they returned to the cave that evening for the actual lights down, lights off investigation, they found that a fire had burned in the time that they had gone there earlier that day. What? How in the night. Someone had been there. And that an animal skull was in it. And there were three burn spot spots on the wall. 
and they also found a feather and a gun shell casing and a bullet hole in the wall, which they suspected to be some from possibly a ritual. What the heck? I know. And it was probably just like a few hours That's in between so the weird. time that they had been there. No, I don't like that. The crew also experienced a series of light anomalies, even in like the dark cave, because they made Aaron one. <laughs> they always make him do the scariest stuff and made him go <laughs> deep guy. into the cave. And like you could see these like flashes of light where there were no light or no one else was what? in there. Uh, they'd heard voices and screams, uh, seen figures and smelled foul rotting, a foul rotting smell. Nope. The feeling of being touched by an unseen entity and they experienced extreme temperature drops like 40 degree difference in like just a matter of like a minute or two. What? And obviously they just felt uneasy. No, I don't like so that was the ghost adventures take on it go watch it it's actually pretty good <laughs> and then if if you watch them in order the next episode also because they also go to like another region of that four corners area in yeah. utah yeah it's freaking freak that's probably the scariest episode it's it was a skinwalker i don't know it could have been a skinwalker it could have been a demon but it was this house and this family getting terrorized by something what it was creepy anyway they're like all in that area. Stuff is going yeah. all around. Um, so theories. I have to go over some theories. So uh -huh. according to Navajo history, skinwalkers are there as a curse and a punishment to the Ute people for mistreating them centuries ago. Wow. Um, spiritually tarnishing the earth underneath them for eternity. Another theory, uh, but I highly doubt it. People are lying for money. Yeah. Gotta throw that one out there. Yeah, but, like, that's a lot of people lying. Exactly. And, like, to go spend $2 million there for the government. Yeah. Like, are they really lying? Or, like, are we just wasting our money? I right. don't think so. Right. And then everybody around them sees stuff that happens to yeah. there. So. So is everyone lying? Yeah, Everyone's exactly. getting a the payout? The whole town is getting paid for this. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, seeing all the, all these crafts, lights, and figures in the sky may... Uh, Sky, many believe that aliens are hanging out, out here, kind of maybe visiting us and studying humans. I don't know, maybe. And they chose that one ring. One spot. Um, according to many people, there have been bright orange and blue lights flash on the property with with there being so many creatures and UFOs spotted here. It's believed that they are coming from a parallel universe or an alternate reality. Or a plane of existence that exists adjacent to ours, but for some reason connects there. Uh, I mean, maybe. maybe. I like I like that theory. Yeah. Um, another theory for more of the skeptics is that all these individuals are having shared psychosis or shared delusional disorder. Basically, everyone's imagining it. No, I crazy. don't like that one. I don't. I think that's how, bullshit. How, how is everybody yeah, imagining? Everybody's crazy. <laughs> you go to Skinwalker Ranch, crazy. <laughs> also, in the show Skinwalker Ranch, the aerospace scientist guy talks about how many years ago the U.S. tested for atomic bombs in Nevada. Oh, and okay. whenever they did that, um, the dirt became, like, radioactive. And they say that, like, a lot of that blur dirt blew mm -hmm. over into that whole entire area. And they say that, like, maybe the ground is, like, radioactive. But, like... Could be. Is it that radioactive? And after this many years? I don't know. I don't think that... They say that it could possibly cause the symptoms of people feeling ill. But, like, 
But what are that explains one symptom exactly? And well, I mean, it could explain like people seeing things or hearing things and like messing with your mind. That's what they were getting at. But like cattle mutilations, yeah, explain that, right? Maybe the people are doing it. Maybe, maybe, maybe they're just doing it for money. Yeah, maybe they're okay. So we're gonna get really deep. Maybe they're like going crazy from all the radiation that they're getting all these symptoms and all these things are happening and they're like being told by voices in their head to go mutilate their cattle and then now they're telling people that it's aliens yeah whoa that that's that's a theory there we go new theory there you go boom just like that (laughs) (laughs) so as of today to wrap this up there is um surprisingly no airbnb there it's not fun rude I know. Uh, <laughs> also, that's kind of yeah. <laughs> Moneymaker. You can't even visit the ranch unless you're invited by the owner. However, if you want a glimpse at a UFO there, or can you buy it? You could. If you want to buy it, you can pay millions of dollars. Easy. Just like that. Just do that. It's not for sale. When we're famous one day, we will buy the ranch. When I'm famous. Yeah. Yeah. You're gonna buy me the ranch for my birthday. I'm banking on Alice being famous at this I, point, dude. Right. So true. <laughs> Come on, Charlotte, Natalie. <laughs> so um, if you do want a glimpse at a possible UFO, there is actually a campground just outside the ranch that advertises like UFO themed ATV tours and whatnot. That's so I, I now want to go there. So yeah, that is the that's Skinwalker n- Ranch, hey, that's guys. N- that's nearby where I'm going to go for a little. <gasps> yeah. Utah's right next door. <gasps> That's so cool. Thank you. I'm so excited you finally did the story. Yes. You're yeah. welcome. That was good. I don't I feel like Skinwalker like like you see people like on TikTok like these things that are unexplained and people are like, "Oh, Skinwalkers." And like it makes sense, but in my mind, I thought Skinwalkers were just like one thing. And they were just like these alien not aliens, but like these creatures that were like kind of like they had like hind they had like hind legs like they could go on their mm-hmm. kind of like um the werewolf yeah. in in harry potter yeah. oh i have oh i forgot something at my house i wanted to show you um kind of like that but like super tall okay yeah i could see that well i mean that's basically what i described in the beginning with with that one wolf well, yeah, I mean, like yeah. they they say that they can appear as a couple different things. So I right. mean, like, but like there could be multiple like the children, things like there. and things like that. Yeah, like they, they can, yeah. But like, and that that that's like their main main look. But then they can like morph into these other things also. Yeah, I mean, well, there's like there's a lot of theories on them. So that that could be something. They could do that. I don't know. They think so in in uh, Ghost Adventures, they talked about in the cave was like they believe that there was a portal in there, which is why they would see like tracks go in there and like disappear. And they believed like they would like come in and out of that portal. Where is the portal going to? I don't know, but they went through it. They should send Aaron. <laughs> it was like it, they did. <laughs> it was Into an the portal? Way. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh a portal for them i guess in like, the next episode they also sent him under oh wait that he didn't they didn't send him underneath the house but they sent so him, mean they sent him in a trailer with a demon and he had like a panic attack <laughs> yeah. he's like can i leave now and they're like no <laughs> he's like oh i don't want to be in here i don't want to be here he's like get over it this is what you do you're 
You're an investigator. Oh my gosh. All right. <laughs> Zach, you could go do it yourself. <laughs> like, goodness gracious. All right. Let's hear so something depressing. I, it is depressing, but it's not as bad as last week. Okay. Thank God. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's depressing for the people involved, but. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you about Amy. I'm probably going to butcher her last name, but it's Bechel. Bech. Et L. Bechetel. Amy Bechetel. Bech. <laughs> <laughs> Amy Bech. Um, so Amy's name before she was married was Amy Joy Roy. Wow. She does not look. She had bad luck with some last names. All right, Oof. continue. So uh, she was born in Santa. Also, look at my. Look. <laughs> What happened? I don't know. That was the second time of printing, and there's plenty of ink in it. It's just like not wanting to print for so me today. Right. Yeah. So uh, she was born in Santa Barbara, California. Her and her siblings grew up together with both of their parents. Her father was a city administrator, and her mother taught children um, living, taught children that were living with a variety of different physical disabilities. Okay. When Amy was only in sixth grade, she fell in love with running. Also, the story is about me. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> Just um, She spent middle school and high school on the track team and got progressively better through the years. But when she actually was, like, first starting out, her coaches are like, you're not that good. You're, you're just really not good at running. That would be Also, me. how do you? How are you bad at running? I'm bad at running. I don't know how you can be I'm bad. I'm terrible at running. But so her coaches were like, maybe this isn't like for you. And she's like, bet. And um, she's like, I'm going to, you know, try really hard. And she was determined that this is what she wanted to do was right. to run. By the time she entered college at the University of Wyoming, she became the captain of the cross country team and track team. Oh, shit. Get it, girl. She frequented conferences and competitions where she ended up setting records on the team, which she named, which was named an all-star team. Good. While she was an, a student at the University of Wyoming, she met Steve Bachel. But it's got to be Bachel. No, it's. Yeah, Bachel. It's got to be that. Who And he was an athletic. He, he was athletic and loved the outdoors as much as she did. While she was a runner, he was very, while she was a run, he was, he wasn't a runner, but he was a very talented rock climber and it wasn't long before they fell in love. And after college, they moved into an apartment together in Lander, Wyoming, uh, and like got married and stuff and like did that whole thing. Right, right, right. Well, uh, they chose this location because it was right outside the Shoshini National Forest which is historically a beautiful place for rock climbing and for trail running. Oh, perfect. Amy did continue running, and it, she was competing in regional and national competitions. She also ran in the Boston Marathon in 1996. Oh, cool. And during this time that I'm telling you about, she was training for the uh, 10K, which is 6.10 miles. Oh, my gosh. Um, 6.01 Zero six point one zero miles. Um, Have you ever done a ten k before? Yeah, pretty much. 
Oh my God. I've also done a half marathon. The furthest oh, I've yeah. ever ran, I've done tons of half marathons. Furthest I've ever ran was 15 and a half miles. Oh my gosh. On my treadmill. You are, holy crap, like yeah. all in one session? Yeah. Who does that? I did. How long I, did it I take lost, you? Uh, I don't remember. It was like a couple hours, but I ended up, I was so tired. I walked outside and it was snowy. It was like, I have a picture of myself. I walked outside, walked downstairs, and I was just in a tank top in my, my running capris. Uh-huh. And I just like went flat back onto the snow. <laughs> You're just like, I'm going to run 15 miles today. Yeah. Well, I meant to run just, uh, I think it was like 13, but easy. When I looked at, like when I was done, I, I wanted to finish watching the TV series that I was watching. And so I was like, by the time I was done, it was 15 and a half. I have no patience. One, I don't have patience to run very far. And two, like I end up being like so wheezed out. Yeah. That I'm usually like so tired by like the end of my mile. Yeah. (laughs) Alice ran uh, two miles today. Dang. With my mom. Get it, girl. Yeah. Okay. Anyways. I'm trying to like look at this while I'm doing that. Okay. Um, So. So she was. Huh? Cardi, Cardi B. B. So she was training for this 10K. Um, but on top of that, Amy was also training to qualify for the 2000 Olympi- Olympics. Dang. I know. Okay. So she's like, bet coaches in middle school. Like, look at All me right. now. All right. Look at me now. Look at me, look now. me now. I'm getting paper. So in July of 1997, Steve and Amy bought their first home together, like I said. And they're making this preparations to move. Or I didn't say that they bought a first time. I said they moved into an apartment. So they were, like, trying to get ready to move into this new home um, while they were still in this apartment. The morning of July 24th, 1997, um, it was supposed to be an ordinary but busy day. Steve had made plans to go rock climbing with a friend about 70 miles away from their home. And that morning, he said goodbye to his wife. And they're like, she's like, okay, have a great day. Have fun rock climbing. Have, rock, have fun rock climbing. Um, Amy's plan, planned her plans for that day around 930. She left to go teach a fitness class. And then she spent um, the rest of the, the late morning and early afternoon running errands that they needed to do to move into this new home. Were some of the errands running? <laughs> running errands are running. <laughs> You're so silly. Okay, so uh, Kirstie's boyfriend came into, or fiance came into work to give her flowers or whatever, and and uh, I was like, I was asking him questions, and I was like, "What are you doing? Are you going fishing?" Because he was wearing a fishing shirt, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm going to go down to Kenai." And I was like, "For what?" And he said, "Oh, the salmon are running." And I was like, "Where are they running to?" <laughs> and he was like, "What?" <laughs> I was like, "Where are they running?" He said, "They're running." <laughs> I love. I just love myself. I, I I love when you tell me that I'm throwing throwing my kids in the bath, and you're like, you really shouldn't throw your kids in the bath. <laughs> really, Amy. <laughs> I'm dealing with two screaming children. Not now. Leave <laughs> <With> the room. <laughs> no, I but never. Really, do. I love it. <laughs> so while she was doing this, you know, these errands uh, after or she so she did that after she finished, she stopped at a photo printing store because she was also like a like a little amateur photographer and like oh was gosh, trying. I know she does just, everything. I know 
like so she was like trying to get like this portfolio together for this competition that she was going to enter into um so she went to this photography store to print some of her work and then after she went to the local sh- after that she went to a local shop called gallery 331 to talk to the owner named greg gagner wagner <laughs> okay wagner gagner i could not believe i just (laughs) greg gagner (laughs) so she left the store at 3 30 p.m that day and greg wagner ended up being the last person that amy had ever known to be to speak to you know when you start including times in it i know that it gets serious i know i know what right with like every time you have a story and you include like what time it was i'm like oh shit's going down this is it (laughs) All right, (laughs) 3.30. Got it. (laughs) So Amy then, after this, she drove to to Shoshini National Forest in the Wind River Mountain area to do a practice run run along the route that she was going for that upcoming 10K race that she was going to do according to eyewitness accounts. So someone saw her drive up there. Uh, One person reported to have seen a woman who resembled Amy running along Loop Road, which was part one of the part of the the 10K. Um, This is about 70 miles of us on a scenic drive through the forest that ends in Lagner, Lagner, Ladner, Wyoming. She was wearing Adidas trail shoes, a yellow tank top, and black shorts. I don't know how people remember this type of stuff because yeah, I right. don't. Yeah. I'd be like, I don't know. She might have had brown hair. I don't. She seemed like she was really short. I think it was a woman. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, meanwhile, while Amy was on her run, Steve had been with a friend all day and he returned around 4.30 that afternoon to find that Amy wasn't home yet, which at this time was not that big of a deal because he was like, it's still light out. You know, she said she was going to be busy running errands. Um, so he didn't think much of it. And so he went to the neighbor's house for dinner. When he returned home around 8.30 p.m., Amy still wasn't home. So he was like, okay, now I'm worried. It's dark out. You know, normally she's home about this time, but he still was like, you know, maybe she was really busy. So he did it still didn't think much of it. Right. Um, I was afraid that you're going to make too big of a deal out of something. Right. You're trying not to panic. Yeah. Yeah. So then he realized that there were no messages on the machine. And after talking to her parents who had also not heard from her, he decided to drive, you know, some of her regular running routes to see if he could find her. But there wasn't any sign of her. So he went home, but by then it was 1030 that night when there was still no sign of her. So he decided then to call in and report her missing. He told them that Amy did not tell him of her plans to go running that day, but also like Amy going running was like, not her, out of the norm. No, it was like her brushing her teeth. Like okay. it was such a common thing right. that he was just like, I didn't think it was right. something I had to like be concerned about. Right. So, um, so Steve directed them to areas of Shoshini National Forest that she often ran and ran, and he knew that she did have plans at some point to map out this 10K. 
So Steve reached out to some friends, hoping that someone had heard from her, but no one had heard from her, just like her parents. And two of their friends, Amy and lots of Amy's, Amy and Todd Skinner agreed that they would drive into the forest and help look for her. Um, they, they, uh, what am I saying? Oh, and Steve ended up staying home just in case she ended up showing up or calling. Right. So after several hours of police and her friends searching, Todd and Amy found Amy's, the missing Amy's, abandoned white Toyota station wagon on the side of the road close to the entrance of the hiking trail. Oh, oh. There was no signs of Amy, though, and the police noted that Amy had left her sunglasses, her car keys, and um, her, but her wallet was missing from the car, which is weird. Why would you leave your keys but take your wallet? I was just thinking that, yeah. So I think it would be like have to take your keys. Yeah, and you wouldn't like leave your car without your keys, right? And it's not like uh, this was in the '90s, so there was no none of those like side key buttons yeah to enter your i don't know very weird so there was no obvious signs of the vehicle being broken into any types of evidence of a struggle or someone else being somewhere outside of the vehicle so they assumed that maybe she was on the trails they drove the roads and walked the trails for several hours calling out her name but there was no response from her and there was no sign of her being even being in the area so the following morning the Fremont County search and rescue team and an unofficial team of 10 of Lander's best climbers and Steve began searching. Even with them combing the forest and the trails covering over 25 miles of land, there was almost no sign of her. There was no indication of a bear or a mountain lion attack, which is something to consider. They were looking for any signs of like shredded clothes, any blood marks, any broken branches, drag marks, anything that would indicate that she was in the area or had been in the area. There was also, they were also looking for signs that she might have fallen or injured herself. Okay. So they were looking off side of, you know, cliff sides. Yeah. And, but there was like no traces of her, like she. She just, like, vanished in the air. It was so weird. Skinwalker. Alien. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, it was Wyoming. Helicopters arrived with infrared body sensors and armies of of over 100, and an army of over 100 volunteers arrived to the National Forest. So, like, they had, like, this smaller team of, like, these experts that they knew, like, of mountain climbing or whatever, and then... Then, like, the normal community arrived. Um, Many of the volunteers were very experienced outdoor people, and they had lots of different abilities. They could read topo maps, which I don't, don't ask me what those are. (laughs) And they could repel from canyons. Okay. (laughs) They arrived with dirt bikes and ATVs so they could cover more ground, and they initiated this, like, super intense search effort for her. For several days, they were doing this search but there was no signs of her on the fourth day of searching for amy todd skinner was um in a remote area of were you looking at the american map oh yeah i was checking to see if i had done wyoming i have oh you have (laughs) yeah okay um so uh on the fourth day day todd skinner was 
in a remote area of the the national forest in a canyon when he came across footprints in a cave by a creek. The footprints matched the same Adidas shoes that Amy had been wearing. And there was, which I don't know how people can, like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like you see footprints, period. And you're like, hey, there's footprints here. And there's like, there shouldn't be people over here. And then like you report them, maybe they can tell like the footprints. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. So they take like casts of them, right? Yeah. Molds of them. I'm assuming they do. I mean, maybe, but maybe it like had like Adidas written in it. But also like. I don't know. That's just weird. Like, was was it mud? And then, like, did it blow? Why didn't it blow away? Yeah. <laughs> like, I those are the type yeah. of stuff I think of. Yeah. But um, so it matched the same Adidas shoes that she was wearing, and there was also remnants of a campfire. So he got super excited. But get this, he was over seven miles away from the main camp. Jeez. So he's like running back. He's like, guys, you guys, <laughs> I have news. Here you guys. <laughs> but he's like. Uh, what if he would if he if he was a runner and he ran a ten minute mile? That's seven. That's over an hour, and he's just like, "Hey, you guys! Hey, you guys! Hey, you guys!" for over an hour, all time, <laughs> the whole time, and that's a ten minute mile. Oh my god! So, uh, so he goes back to the main camp and he's like, "I have like great news," but news got out that they were looking like. They found these shoes and this campfire and a local boy from the area reported that he had actually recently camped in the area in that same cave, actually. And he had worn Adidas trail runner, trail running shoes. And the evidence from the campfire was because he had a campfire. But at least he came forward. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. So actually, that was me. I'm sorry. I know that you're like really excited that you might. Oh, I hate to be that guy. (laughs) I want to send you on a wild goose chase. Yeah. So after six days of nonstop looking for Amy without a single sign of her, their search of her was officially called off. Rumors and theories, of course, just flooded Lander. um, And people had all sorts of thoughts of what happened. Um, But police had their own idea, which every time a woman goes missing, they always look at their significant other right so even though steve had been helping in the search which is not uncommon even if they did it right um police never actually sat him down to get his side of the story so they asked steve to come down to the police station for questioning about his marriage and his whereabouts that day steve was very quick to say that he was you know he was in a happy marriage and there was nothing weird going on He said that he had an hour-by-hour alibi for the entire day and would be happy to answer any questions when he arrived at the station. He did undergo a series of intense questioning, but for every question that he had, they had, he had an answer. Okay. Um, And he did seem to have an airtight alibi that did check out. Um, several of the FBI agents left the room and then another one entered and his name was Rick McCall. He brought in a file of papers. Like it literally reminded me of like from the movies. He like walked in with a file, a file of papers and he like slammed it down on the ground. He's like, I'm really good at what I do. And I know that you murdered your wife. Bad cop. Yeah. Good cop, bad cop. (laughs) (laughs) And before he like, uh, 
or and he's like, I know you murdered your wife and you should do a polygraph test. And Steve was like, uh, okay, I guess. Yeah. And like, but Steve didn't even look at what was in the file. Like, what's in the file, dude? Yeah. Like, that like, would be wh- my first why, question. It's like, why are you throwing this at me? Yeah. <laughs> so he was like, I'll do it. But first I want to get with my lawyer and I will come back in the morning to do it. Smart, I guess. So, uh, so he goes to his lawyer, he talks to his lawyer the next morning, he calls the police and he's like, I'm actually not going to do the test, uh, because the lawyer said it wasn't a good idea. So at the same, or so sometime between that, that afternoon that he was first initially interviewed by the FBI and the following morning, police received a new eyewitness account from the day that he disappeared. Okay. So while he was talking with his lawyer, somebody came forward. An unnamed witness reported that he had seen, they had seen a blue pickup truck speeding on Loop Road with the same, um, with, within the same area with where the other witness had seen her running. Um, this person saw her inside the truck. Um, and there was a man driving and she, a distraught blonde woman in the passenger seat who they said resembled Amy. Right. So they claim that the truck was right. It was right around 5 PM and it had just happened that, and it just happens that Steve had a truck that matched that same description. Okay. So, uh, with this new information, the FBI obtained a search warrant of Steve's house and his truck. Brief. Inside the house, they found a series of journals that Steve had kept, and <gasps> they found disturbing writings. <gasps> Inside, they found poems, song lyrics, what? and other writings detailing violence against women. <gasps> At least one of the poems was contemplating murder. And how to successfully hide a body. What? I know. And he wrote a lot about power and wealth. And he had random quotes scattered throughout the journal saying, um, and one saying, power is the ultimate aphrodisiac. Oh, my gosh. But right after all of this comes out, Amy's family comes forward and they told a different story. They're like, no, 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 no. They did not have a great marriage. I'm just going to let you know, which is like, why didn't you say that? Yeah, in the very exactly. Beginning? Like he could have totally been a suspect. Oh, yeah. In from the, the very beginning. So they said that they had concerns for Amy because when Steve was around, she didn't seem that happy and carefree person that she normally was. And that Steve seemed very controlling. Um, although Amy never mentioned this to the family or friends, her brother did note that to the police that he had seen significant bruises on her arm from a few weeks prior while she was visiting him for dinner. When he asked Amy what happened, she laughed it off and she's like, Oh, Steve likes to get rough sometimes. Oh, okay. And he's like, no, nah, that's, that's not, on not your cool. Arms. Yeah. Um, it left him uneasy and he, and he noted that she wouldn't look at him while she said it. After finding out this new information, the police asked Steve to come in for a polygraph test again, but he still refused. He stated that his lawyer advised him not to, 
and that polygraph tests were historically often inaccurate, which I understand, and they're admissible in court. Um, He insisted his uh, innocence and, or he insisted his innocence and stated that his journal entries had absolutely nothing to do with anything. Those old things. (laughs) That was, that was just a phase. That was just a phase, mom. (laughs) (laughs) So do you think that they mainly wanted, because they know that polygraph tests aren't accurate, but do you think they mainly suggest polygraph tests to get like a, like a profile on the person see yeah. like if they're willing to do it i don't know i don't like, know oh, if they it's weren't that... willing so that that puts them in the bad like category like hmm, that makes them more suspicious because they're not willing to do it but like yeah. if they're willing to do it and they're innocent and they the polygraph is says they're not then like i don't know i don't know because like so polygraph tests like any like you could say what's your what's your name and you're so stressed out about being polygraphed. Yeah, exactly. Like, I would totally fail polygraph. Yeah, me too. Even though so I'd be nervous. innocent. Yeah. So it's like one of those things. Like if I am innocent, but I'm nervous. Yeah. It's gonna say that I'm not innocent. Yeah. So how? You know what I mean? Did you eat the last Oreo? No. No, I don't. Did I? I don't know. I, it's I'm, like I'm when not you. Sure. Did uh, what do you what do you mean the last Oreo? Do you mean like what? Yeah, it's like when you go through like security checks or something, and you know that there's nothing wrong, bad in your pocket. But yeah. You're like, oh yeah, and did you're so I nervous? some yeah. randomly put a yeah. pocket knife in my pocket for some I've reason? Never once carried a pocket knife on me, but I feel like there's one in my pocket yes. right now. <laughs> or like you leave a store without Is there cocaine on me. Yes, <laughs> like you leave a store and you're like, I know I didn't steal anything, and you yes. know that you didn't, yeah. but you're like, did I accidentally steal something? Yes. It's the same thing. So I don't understand. And I don't think that like, I don't know. I don't, I don't. I'm wondering if like sometimes they use it as like a judge of character, like in some cases or like, "Mm, we we're pretty sure this guy is guilty. So let's just, let's see if they'd be willing to take one and like, oh, there's another check in your guilty box. Because you can't use it in court. Yeah. So I don't know what the point of it is. It's like a profile thing. It could be. Personal thing. Yeah. I don't know get them to like continue on on that person i mean i could see that but again like what if it's just leading you down a bad road yeah exactly could be a waste of time i don't know brie yeah that's a good question thanks that is a good of them that's a good question for an investigator i should ask one you should i'm gonna go find one okay i have to do something bad first though Uh... (laughs) 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 no (laughs) but not (laughs) so uh, where I don't know where I was. So he claimed his innocence and he was like, those journals are nothing. Just ignore those. It's just a phase, mom. Um, Amy's parents begged him to take this polygraph test as well to prove his innocence, but he still wouldn't budge. Shortly after this information came out, phone records were obtained. It showed that at 4.43 p.m., just 15 minutes before that blue truck was seen, um, in the Shoshini National Forest, Steve had been on the phone with a friend on his landline in the house. <gasps> so. Why did they not get phone records already? I know. This was the 90s. Oh I don't my know. Gosh. Um, and their apartment was 45 minutes away from where that truck had been seen. So that gave him an alibi for that time frame. Okay. Okay. Plus. 
for almost that entire day, he had been rock climbing with a friend who did verify that they were together. So there is a two hour window where he doesn't have an alibi. Okay. But if he did do it, Brie, that would mean it's super short because he has to get there and get back. Yeah. That only gives him 30, 30, 30 minutes to do something, pick her up and do something with her body. Right. That's not very long. Yeah. And they haven't found their body, her body yet. Exactly. And so how, what can you do with the body? And with that much searching, wouldn't you think that they would have done something with her body by then? Did they search his house yet? Yeah. They did a warrant oh, on his okay. house. Oh yeah. yeah Cause they, that's how they got the journals. Okay. Yeah. Oh wow. That's I not know. a lot of time. No. Okay. So ultimately police did decide that they did not have enough evidence that Steve had anything to do with Amy's disappearance especially from his almost airtight alibi, so they were not able to press any charges on him. In attempts to keep keep Amy's story in the public eye, friends and family put together a $50,000 reward for any tips leading to her whereabouts. Uh, Posters, flyers were spread across town and even across the states. Steve continued to work diligently to try and find her. He put together a loop road hill race to raise money for awareness to help find amy on september 27th around 150 runners showed up and uh him and family and friends encouraged everyone that showed up to the race to keep searching and distribute flyers wherever they could to help find her okay this did not go over well with a lot of people this race that he put together because obviously it was a fundraiser to help find her um but a lot of people actually thought they're like they found out that steve was behind it and they're like nah i'm I'm dropping out because a lot of them thought that he was actually just raising money to get a better defense attorney that's what i was wondering i'm like what was the money actually going towards it or i i don't know maybe like money for like flyers and stuff i don't know i don't know where the money went but that's what a lot of people thought. They're like, uh, I don't like this. Yeah. Um, but Steve wasn't giving up despite like all of this negativity, n- negativity and the rumors and everything. Steve wasn't giving up the search for Amy. Even people told him that she was most likely not alive. He was quoted to say in runner's world magazine. I know people will look at the odds against her being alive, but look at the, but look at the complete lack of clue. L- that um i know people will look at the odds against her being being alive and look at the complete lack of clues and say it's impossible that she'll never come back but people said it was impossible for her to become the runner that she is yeah amy proved them wrong once she'll have to prove them wrong again yeah so little side fact also Investigators requested satellite photos from NASA back in August of 1997 on the day of her disappearance to see if there was any satellite images that would prove anything, like give a lead or anything. Um, But that day it was so cloudy that there was no way for them to get any photos of that area. Isn't that sad? Jeez. So around the same time, another suspect was identified. A couple okay. months before. Okay. Um, police had received a tip from a potentially dangerous man who was living in the area. 
a man named Richard Eaton had uh, a man named Richard Eaton had called police asking that they look into his brother who had been living in the area and happened to frequent the area to go fishing and hunting that Amy was last seen in. Okay. His brother's name was Dale Wade, a man who several years later um, was actually um, uh, several years later from this incident was actually convicted of a woman's murder in Wyoming. Oh, man. And was a serial killer. Okay. Police were so focused on Steve, though, they're like, okay, thanks for the call. Yeah. And hung up. But they did, at this time, they didn't know that Dale yeah, was, was a serial was, killer. Okay. Yeah. So, but they're like, thanks, and yeah. never followed the lead. On September 12th, 1997, just a couple months after Amy disappeared in the area, less than three hours from Lander, Wyoming, Dale attempted to kidnap and murder Shannon Breeder, her husband, Scott, and their five-month-old baby. Oh, baby. He had kidnapped them at gunpoint in their car, and after an altercation, the family was able to escape after stabbing Dale with his own knife. Okay, good. Good job, family. Heck yeah. (laughs) So Dale's brother was like, he was back back in the back country camping when where did Amy went went and went running and disappeared and when the police confronted Dale about this Dale was like no I didn't do it uh okay well that's yeah a little bit too coincidental yeah but with no evidence linking him to her no charges were uh. filed and at this point he had was not a convicted serial killer um, he had just been found to have ki- attempted kidnapped and murdered somebody, but all right. It's, okay, but that's more against him than the other guy. Yeah. Yeah. Although, so, Steve, your journals are a little questionable. We have questions, Steve. Yes. <laughs> Steve spent the next several months searching for Amy and state started that the Amy Rowe Bachel Recovery Headquarters where he mailed over 200,000 posters around the nation, and he was quoted in Runner's World magazine saying, my fondest, this is weird, Brie, my fondest hope right now is that Amy left me, which I get. Yeah, like I'd rather, rather her, be mm-hmm. left you than be dead. I would love nothing better than to find out my wife ran off with somebody else. The next best thing would be if she were being held captive, because if an abductor doesn't kill his victim right away, he tends to develop a relationship with her. What? The more time goes by, the better he gets to know her, the less likely he That's is to kill her. That's so suspect. They're so, so specific. Yeah. Why would you say that? I know. Like, I get we have, like, thoughts and stuff like that, but, like, why would you say that out loud? That's that's something you keep to yourself. Yeah, bud. exactly. Like you, you can have those thoughts. That's fine. That's fine because you're like, well, maybe you're if trying she's, to rationalize yeah, things. Like, maybe if she's kidnapped, maybe she's still alive. Maybe he, the kidnappers grown attached to her, and she's gonna continue somehow to like live escape. her life and escape. Yeah, but like you don't say that don't out say loud. That. It makes me wonder. Like, did he sell her? Yeah, yeah. Like, what did so you like? A, what happened, dude? Like, what what's going on, Steve? So, meanwhile, while all of this was still happening, Amy's family is still begging Steve to take a polygraph test. They even went on public t- a popular TV talk show that at the time was called Geraldo Rivera. 
Riviera. Riviera. That one. I don't know either. It's probably on the daytime shows. Probably. And they publicly begged him to take a polygraph test on the show. Okay. They were quoted saying they that doesn't mean that we think you did it, but that doesn't mean I and it doesn't mean that I'm accusing him of anything, but if anyone is holding up the progress of this investigation, it is Steve. Put our minds at ease. Yeah. Um because they felt that because he still hasn't done this this test, police were still kind of having doubts. Right. And you know, they trying were to find on to him as their yes, suspect. Yes, exactly. So uh, their point of view was like, just take sense. the polygraph and prove that it wasn't you. Right. Um, so no future development did happen in the case. But in 2003, Del Eaton was found guilty of murder of an 18 year old girl, Lisa Marie Kimmel. Um, he had kidnapped, raped and murdered her in 1988. Jeez. So before this had all happened with Amy, police had finally found DNA evidence linking Dell to the 18 year old. Her body was found only a few hours away in Wyoming where Amy disappeared. Okay. Um, All right. That's very coincidental. Dale also was linked to three other women who were murdered in Wyoming in the early 1980s. Um, He was given the death sentence initially, which was later amended due to his mental health reasons. He's now serving life with in prison without the possibility of parole. After the death sentence was taken off the table, investigators attempted to talk to Dale again in regards to Amy, but he refused to talk to them at all. He had several strokes and has some diminished brain function, and he uses a wheelchair, but he will be in prison until the day he dies. Um, The whereabouts of Amy is what happened, and what happened to her that day is still a mystery, and remains unsolved, but there are investigators to this day that still have Steve as their prime suspect, despite everything with Dale. So, in terms of her disappearance, it is still unknown. Like I said, her family is still looking for answers and what happened to her. There's never been any evidence that has been found from her, like no clothes, right. yeah, nothing. That's, that's the biggest thing to me. I know. Um, there have been a few little trinkets that have been found in the woods that people believe may or not may have not been hers, but no one can really tell because they don't know what was actually on her that right. day besides what she was wearing. And oh, and Steve has been remarried. He's still in the area, but that's all I know. So unless like they find a body part. Yeah. We don't know where she's at. We don't know where she's at. And her vehicle was there. Her vehicle. And her keys were in the vehicle. But not her wallet. But not her wallet. Yeah. You gotta find that wallet, or just find her. Yeah, <laughs> that I think Dude. Must, it's not crazy. Somebody hid her. Well, I know. Oh, that's sad. I know. Oh man. Yeah. Oh man, that's a good story. Thank you. A lot of people in the area thought that she, someone maybe was like a a drunk driver or just like went around a turn or something and might have hit her. And then just put her in the trunk real quick and, like, took off. That would make sense. And, like, took her body somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, if it's, like, someone that's not, like, a suspect or whatever, like, or even on the ra- on the police radar, like, you can easily hide right. that body. Right. Because they're not looking for you. Right. Or what if Steve, like, had a friend do it? That's what I was thinking. Like, he had that two-hour window, but, like... 
what if he had someone that was helping him? Who, who was he talking to on the phone? I don't know. Because, like, what if he was talking to that person on the phone who was working with him? And be like, oh, job's done. Yeah. Click. Yeah. That's he could have been wild. talking to his friend. He took that blue truck. What or was maybe... his job? I know you said he was a rock climber, but, like, that wasn't his job, was it? I don't know what his job was. Man. Because, like, if maybe his friend borrowed his truck, because they said it was a blue truck that was similar to his. Yeah. And his friend went and dumped the body, like, somewhere not even in the forest. Maybe they buried it in the backyard. I don't know. That's wild. I know. Do you have a neighborhood story for me? I do. And hopefully we haven't read it before. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So it's titled, More Feces. Oh, no. Sound familiar? Yeah. No. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why. Yes, but no. (laughs) Not in that sense. (laughs) Woke up this morning to feces everywhere. Apparently, the kids who spread it a few days ago in blank struck again, (gasps) this time with more wet and less hard feces. Ew. (laughs) These feces spreading kids must be stopped. Oh, my God. (laughs) Darn feces spreading kids. Darn feces. Oh. <laughs> oh, man. That was a good one. Thanks. Kids are disgusting. Your story. I liked your, I liked your neighborhood story even more. Oh, thanks. So good. I won't even, I want to hear it again. You want me to hear it next week? <laughs> yeah. I liked it so much. I wanted to share it. I cannot <laughs> believe I shared that. Because like I was. Right when you were done, I'm like, or right when you started and I'm like, mm, dog barking. <laughs> So I remember this. I was like, I, I told you I was like finishing up my like editing my story or whatever. And I was like, oh, I need a neighborhood story. And I was like, oh, I just got one on my because I was on my phone. <laughs> and I was like, I just found this on Reddit. So I sh- like emailed it to myself and I was like all proud of myself <laughs> putting it in my paper. It's okay. And, but I was so proud. I was like, oh, I don't need one. I have it on my phone already. Just, it just adds a little zing to the show. Zing. Shows everybody. Amy Amy is exhausted. Said, she's she's been having a busy life. Said, also, you guys. Also, Candy. Met my parents. I got to meet yeah, well, I met your dad before, but oh, yeah, I got yeah, to yeah. meet your mom. You gotta meet my mom. And I think you're amazing. And I made her cookies with blood spotter all over them. And uh Alice Alice, uh Natalie Breeze daughter oh. <laughs> calls Al, uh calls my mom Nana. 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 And they're like best friends. She came home and she told Charlotte, she's like, Charlotte, chips. I got chips from Nana. And Charlotte's like, I want chips. I want chips. She's like, no. <laughs> so cute. Nana. 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 I love it. Adorable. Anyways, I got to go pack some more. So yeah. that's fun. Um, so thanks guys for listening. Amy's got stuff to do. I've got Legos to build. <gasps> I'm actually going to go home and play Sims because I haven't done that in over a week. So have you checked in on your neighbors? No. What's with, what's with the neighbors? I'm going to get it someday. <laughs> Bring, Bring Amy, Amy out. out. Pssh, I promise. What's with the neighbors? So her team counts for us. Meow. Don't get dead. <laughs>